Good morning, church, and happy Sabbath. Our scripture will be taken from the book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 18, 18 through 25. I repeat, Romans, chapter 8, verses 18 through 25. If you have it, please read along. For I, for I reckon the sufferings of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation of the creator waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject into vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and traveleth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also which have the first fruit of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to waiting for the adoption and the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, but by hope that is not seen. For what a man seeth, what doeth they yet hope for? But if we hope for the but if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. May the Lord add a rich blessing to the scripture reading and the doing of his holy word. Dearly beloved, for the past three months, it has been very, very difficult time for me. Very difficult because when you as a pastor and a father you are losing your children. It's not easy. It's not easy for me to bury people, especially when they are young. It's a very difficult situation that those that have gone ahead of us are those who were so dear to me and so close. Every day I wake up and I ask God why. Today, the sermon is for all those who have lost loved ones. I dedicate this sermon to every one of you who has lost loved ones. I stand before you as somebody who has also lost a lot of loved ones. My father was the first to go. My mother followed. My senior sister. My, my senior son. All have gone. But in all things, you have a heavenly hope. Our hope will not be disappointed. Because as the hymn rather said, we have this hope that burns within our hearts. Let's see that song. We have this hope that burns within our hearts. Hope of the coming of the Christ I 
Shall we pray? Father, the hour has come that your people are waiting to hear the voice of God speak to the hearts of men and women, boys and girls. Please, Lord, speak through me, your servant, that I may speak. And let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to your sight, O Lord, our strength. And now I read my the whole church say, Amen. You have a heavenly hope. You have a heavenly hope. And in our reading, as was read to us, Romans chapter 8, verse 18 to 25. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will give us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against his will, everything on earth was subjected to God's curse. All creation anticipates the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And even we Christians, although we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory, also groan to be released from pain and suffering. We too wait anxiously for that day when God will give us our full rights as his children, including the new bodies he has promised us. Now that we are saved, we eagerly look forward to this freedom. For if you already have something, you don't need to hope for it. But if you look forward to something we don't have yet, we must wait patiently and confidently. We have this hope. It is only those who are not in Christ, who have no hope. People who want to live their own lives have no hope. People who live in Christ and die in Christ have hope. For all creation is waiting eagerly for the future day. 
You and I, we are waiting for that future day. Because I am tired of going to the hospital. I am tired of doing medical tests and laboratory work. Now you have to go and draw your blood and do this and do this kind and do that and do that. And doctor sitting there telling you things. Well, one day, these doctors will not be there because Dr. Jesus will be in town. My friends, we are waiting for that day when God's children will be revealed. My dearly, number one, the contest of our hope. The contest of our hope. In the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 20 and 21. Against his will, everything on earth was subjected to God's grace. All creation anticipates the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. I want you to cast your mind back to creation. Look at what happened. When God finished creation, he said everything was good. And we, when God says it was good, it must be really, really, really good. No problem. But God told Adam and Eve about a tree of a test. And they disobeyed. The Bible says, the soul that sin, the same shall die. So it was sin that brought death to us. So anytime somebody dies, it, rem it must remind us of our sinful nature. It, it must bring resolution to us that we will call the bluff of Satan and say, no more sin in our lives. Because sin brings death. It was Adam and Eve's sin that brought death to this world. In Genesis chapter 3, where is this thing going? In Genesis chapter 3, I think this is jumping ahead of me. In Genesis chapter 3, Verse 17. And to Adam he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate the fruit, I told you not to eat. I have placed a curse on the ground. All your life you will struggle to scratch for a living from it. Because you listened to your wife. You see, our women hide behind the men and let the men believe that they are in control. But I, know, I, I tell you, men are not in control. It's the women who are in control. 
Why did Adam say no to Eve? Have you asked yourself? It was easier for Adam to say no. But the power of the woman was at play. And she sobbed and told, her, and told him, look, I've eaten it. Nothing happened to me. So honey, if you love me, you love my dog. You eat it with me. Adam said, okay, okay, honey, don't cry. I'll eat it with you. And they ate. And trouble don't come. To all of us. My friends, just as Adam and Eve ate the fruit, the first thing God did was to remove the tree of life from the garden. Have you thought about that? The first thing God did was to remove that tree of life so that there would not be eternal sinners. God removed it and then God drove them from the garden. And now, before sin, Adam and Eve were playing with the lions and the tigers and, and everybody, everything in the garden. The animals were not afraid of Adam. Adam was not afraid of the animals. They were playing together. Touching the lions and touching the tiger. But as soon as sin came in and they were driven from the garden, Adam saw one lion and he thought he can play. And I was like, yeah. No more. The time has passed. You have abused your privilege. Now, I am free to eat your flesh. You see, anytime we sin, we abuse our privilege. And that privilege is taken away from us. But just as God cursed the ground for the sake of keeping sanity and his word, in the book of Revelation, listen to this very carefully. In the book of Revelation 22, verse 3. No longer will anything be cursed. For the throne of God and the lamp will be there. And his servants will worship him. So just as in the garden of Eden, Adam sinned and there was cursed. So God says, I will make all things new. And no longer will curse be on the ground. And because God and the lamp will be with us. And everything will be blessing and joy and happiness and living together. Never to part from each other. No more death. No more sorrow. We have this hope. That is a contest of our hope. That our hope is built on nothing else than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Because all other grounds are sinking sand. You cannot stand on the ground anywhere but only on the faith of Jesus Christ. Oh, my friends, soon and very soon, he that will come will come and will not tarry. Romans chapter 8 Verse 21 says, 
all creation anticipate the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. I want to be there. What about you? We are anticipating. Anytime you lose a loved one, you are anticipating. Oh yes, have you read the story of the early Adventists? When a few weeks to October 22, 1844, one or two people died among the group just one week before one of the prominent people also died. And when they were burying him, the wife and the children stood by and the wife told the children, children don't cry because in one week's time we will see daddy. Because these early Adventists anticipated that Christ will come in their lifetime. And so they made themselves ready. Are you not anticipating that Christ come today? Are you not tired of this world? Are you not tired of the credit cards? Are you not tired of paying mortgage? Are you not tired of paying car notes? Oh, of course, when Christ comes, car notes will be not be there. Paying mortgage will not be there because our God has already made mansions for us. Fully paid from the bank of Jesus Christ. We are waiting for that day where we will not say goodbye to anybody. Where death will be no more. In fact, death itself will die. Do you understand? I say death itself will die. He has killed enough people for him to also to die. My friends, in Revelation chapter 21, verse 4, I want you to know the context of our hope, why we always are hoping, hoping, and I know our hope will not be lost, and our hope will not be disappointed. In Revelation chapter 21, verse 4, he will remove all of their sorrows. And there shall be no more death, no sorrow, or crying, or pain, for the old world and its evil are gone forever. This old world of pain, this old world of disappointment, this old world of sorrow, will pass. This is just a passing cloud. But soon and very soon, the trumpet shall sound. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. And those who are alive will be translated. And we will meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we be forever with him. My friends, I want to be there. I want to be there. Heaven will be sweet. Are you listening to me? Heaven will be sweet. Because we are not going to face death. We are not going to face sickness. Cancer will be no more. Diabetes will be no more. High blood pressure will be no more. Arthritis will be no more. Toothache will be no more. Ah, I won't have to go to a dentist anymore. Yes. The old world and its evil are 
are gone forever. And above all, what even gladdens my heart is that Satan will be no more. Satan who deceived the nations, the liar and the father of lies who causes us trouble and make us sin, he will be no more. So no one will deceive the nations anymore. No one will deceive us anymore. What is the current condition of our hope? Well, we have seen the context of our hope. But what is the current condition of our hope? In Romans chapter 8, verse 22. For we know that all creation has been growing as in a pace of childbirth right up to the present time. Well, I am not a woman, but women know what it means about childbirth. Women, are you with me? You know what you go through. So just as the pain of childbirth, so all of us are going through that pain because we are waiting for the appearance of our Lord. We are waiting. But I want to tell you, it will not be long. We shall be going home. Romans chapter 8 verse 23 says, and even we Christians, listen very carefully, and even we Christians, although we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory, also groan to be released from pain and suffering, we too wait anxiously for that day when God will give us our full rights as his children, including new bodies he has promised us. We are waiting, I'm waiting for God to give me my full rights. Right now, I have some rights as a child of God, but it's not full, because we are living in the interregnum. What did I say? We are living in interregnum. Interregnum means the time between a new government or a new, an old king and a new king. That space, when an, an old king dies and a new king is going to be installed, there's a gap. It's called interregnum. So now, we, are, we, have, we have received eternal life, but it's not yet. Are you with me? We have been saved, but not yet. We are interregnum. Because we are now in the middle, we have been saved here, yes, but it's not fully realized. We are already, but not yet. So very soon, this will come to pass, that what has been promised us by Jesus Christ, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If you are not so, I will have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And when I finish preparing for a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. So yes, we have been promised. But we are waiting for us to be ushered into a heavenly home. I can guarantee you, you have a heavenly home. You have a heavenly home. So we are waiting anxiously for that day when this will become a reality. So now that we are waiting, 
We don't have time for unnecessary things. We don't have time for backbiting. We don't have time for backstabbing. We don't have time for pulling one another down. We don't have time for fighting among ourselves. We don't have time for building mansions for ourselves. We don't have time for making, for making things as if we are going to live here forever. No, time is very short. Time is very short on us. And we need to commit all to Jesus. So that when we sing the song, all to Jesus and surrender, it will have a meaning on our souls. We have to surrender all to Jesus. But time is on our side. And very soon, the one who is the owner of the time will call you. I don't know. But one day, I will be called. If Christ doesn't return immediately, I will be called to rest and sleep. Of course, Christians don't die. They go to sleep, waiting for the resurrection morning. What is the culmination of our hope? What is the culmination of our hope? Listen to Romans chapter 8, verse 18. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will give us later. Amen. What we suffer now is nothing. The pain we are going through is nothing. The tears we are, we are shedding is nothing. The sorrow is nothing. The deaths on our heads is nothing as compared to what the glory he will give us later. So see, don't look at what is going on now. Look to the hope that we have. Don't look at what the devil is doing. Look at what Christ is doing. Don't look at your present circumstance. Look at what God has prepared for you. Look, if you don't know, we are going to walk on gold. If you don't know, we are going to eat the tree of life. If you don't know, we are going to live with our God forever and ever. If you don't know, we are not going with these bodies. No, not with these bodies. Not with this body that little mosquito can bite me and I get malaria. No, not with this body. No. I'm not going with this body that is subject to pain and suffering. No, I'm not going with this body. No, this is not what Christ promises. No. That's what I told you. Heaven will be sweet because Christ will give me a new body that is not subject to disease and decay. A body that will live forever and ever. I'm waiting for that day. I'm waiting for that day. So I'm groaning in me. Lord Jesus, come. Come quickly. Come and take us home. Come, we are suffering. Come, we are, there's so much tears. Come, there's so much pain. Come, there's so much disappointment. Come. Oh, come. We don't have to face armed robbers anymore. Come. We don't have to face kidnappers anymore. Come. We don't have to face politicians anymore. Come. We don't have to pay medical bills anymore. Come. We don't have to pay mortgage anymore. Come. 
We don't have to wake up and labor and clock in and clock out. Come! Even so, Lord Jesus, come. One day, the eastern sky will burst open. Right from the constellation of Orion. And in the Milky Way, Christ will come like a little ball in the light coming with millions of his angels and it will appear and he will come that day the last airplane from the busiest airport in the world, Atlanta Airport, will not work anymore. No plane will fly from Atlanta. All the planes will be grounded. That day, CNN cannot broadcast. No, because the atmosphere will change. It will not give room for any pictures because, hey, the bright and morning star is coming. That day, we won't go to work. That day, you will see so much population in Atlanta. The dead have been raised. That day, the, the living, the dead in Christ have been raised. And the living have been translated. And as they meet, meet the Lord in the air, they will say farewell to our problems. Farewell to disappointment. Farewell to pain. Farewell to disease. Farewell to sickness. Farewell to credit card debt. Farewell to mortgage problems. Farewell to sickness and disease. Farewell this world. The new world is before us. And in front of us is eternal life with our God and we will live with him and we will praise him and we will sing hallelujah and we will sing the song of Moses forever and ever and ever in Jesus' name. This hour, as I speak with you, if you are here and you have lost a loved loved one, I want to pray with you. Please come forward. If you are here, you have lost a loved one. Please come forward. Okay. Shall we pray? Please focus on Christ right now. You have lost a loved one. It's very painful. You are missing your loved one. Maybe your mom, maybe your dad. Maybe your brother, maybe your sister, maybe your aunt, maybe your uncle. It's very, very, very painful. And so now, I want to pray that God will comfort you. And God will wipe away your tears. And put hope and confidence in you. We are all waiting for that day when you will appear. And then death will be no more. Let us pray. Father, before you are your people standing because they have lost loved ones and there's still pain in their hearts. They are still grieving. Anytime they remember the loved one, it grieves their heart and it brings pain to them. Father, I pray that your hands will reach out to them and touch them and wipe away their tears and put comfort in them knowing that Jesus Christ is our best comforter. So please comfort us and help us to look forward to that day when you appear in the clouds of heaven 
Continue to guide your people. Continue to sustain them. Continue to give them the assurance that soon and very soon you will come to end this chaotic and confused and pathetic world to take us to our eternal home. So Father, even as we journey through this world, I pray that those who have gone ahead of us, we who are remaining, will be so confident in you, will be so faithful to you, will be so honest to you, and, help, and please prepare us for your soon coming. We pray that when you come, none of us will be found wanting, but all of us will find favor in your sight, and you will give us that eternal life you have promised to your people. So count us in, Lord. Count us in that in the holy city we will be there. Count us in as members that you have died for and you have shed your blood for. Count us in that one day when you come that we will meet our loved ones and there will be a reunion and we all will sit at the feet of Jesus Christ and sing the song of Moses and the Lamb. So we thank you. Let your hand reach out to your people and touch them and give them comfort and give them hope. Relieve them of their grief and lift their spirit up for them to know that with you, they are more than conquerors. Please help them to conquer their pain. Help them to conquer their, their disappointment and help them to conquer their grief. So we thank you. We give you all the glory and the, and the honor because you do more exceedingly and abundantly for them. So we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please, Lord, we are waiting for the promised day that we will see you face to face. For we are getting tired of this world. We are getting tired of the kills, the confusion, the pain, the suffering. It's getting too much. Lord, meet each one of us here at our point of need right now and relieve us of the pain and the disease and the suffering and the grief that we are going through help us that we all will be in that city for square where there's no night there teach us to be faithful teach us to be obedient teach us to do your will Teach us to be worthy of your soul coming and help us that we will also help prepare a people to meet you. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Peace in th these times of problems. Peace in your home. 
peace in your marriage, peace among your children, and peace all around you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for choosing to visit with us today. We would like to leave you with this verse. Isaiah 41, 10 states, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Amen. Amen.